This is The Guardian. Today, does Britain have a shoplifting problem? Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. If you speak to your local shopkeeper about shoplifting, chances are that they'll tell you it's spiralling out of control. Every day we get 10 to 15 people uh, that will just walk in the shop and try and steal stuff. The British Retail Consortium say that there were 8 million instances of theft from British shops last year, costing businesses almost a billion pounds. In recent years, like, like the last couple of years, people still in uh, basically everything was not screwed to the wall that they tried to take. That figure has gone up since the cost of living crisis really began to bite. Last year, the Office for National Statistics reported that shoplifting had gone up 22%. On a sunny morning earlier this month, along green lanes in North London, shopkeepers and store managers had plenty to say. They just literally were walking day after day after day and just clear the shelves in front of the store staff and in front of security. They pick and run. I can't do anything when they run. If they are in, then I can do something. In this particular area, you will see places like Sabres, Boots, Sainsbury's, Lidl. They are really, really struggling in the sense of trying to keep the shoplifters away. Major retailers, including Waitrose and Marks and & Spencers, claim that there has been a rise in criminal gangs stealing goods to order so that they can sell them on. And shop theft has increased across the industry in the last two or three years. So everybody's struggling with this. MSB, if you're a shoplifter, it's the product of choice. You take that down to the pub and everybody's going to pay a premium for it. So we do have a problem with steak the wrong way. But campaigners say that as food prices continue to rise, ordinary people are just becoming desperate. So what is really behind this rise in shoplifting? What are the police doing about it? And how are businesses handling it? From The Guardian, I'm Noshin Iqbal. Today in Focus, the true cost of shoplifting. Helen Pitt, you're The Guardian's North of England editor, and you've recently written a piece on what's being called Britain's shoplifting crisis. Can you tell me where you started your reporting? Where did you go? So I spent a day walking up and down a street in South Manchester called Barlow Moor Road, uh, which is in Chalton, which is a really well-heeled suburb, kind of leafy. It's where lots of the BBC workers from Media City live, lots of Guardian readers there. And I went into every shop and I asked, is shoplifting a problem? And shopkeepers were basically like, oh my God, you won't believe what we're seeing. I went into a shop called Quality Save, which is a bit like a bargain supermarket, really. And the manager there was saying, oh, you know, 
Yesterday we caught four, that's pretty average. And they were seeing more ordinary people, as she put it, who seemed to be desperate enough that they were resorting to stealing. And the example she gave from the previous couple of days was, she said there was an elderly gentleman and he was caught stealing like the smallest Nescafe jar. And she was saying, you know, actually coffee's a really big one for the organised thieves because it's light and expensive. But the fact that this guy stole the smallest pot, she thought it was probably was for him. I also sat in Manchester Magistrates Court for a day and they were all recidivists. They'd all been in court plenty of times before. There was one guy who walked into the court and the judge gave him this look like, oh, it's you again. His story was that he was a drug user, an alcoholic, and he was stealing to feed his habit. There was somebody who'd stolen makeup. And when he was caught, he said to the security guards, you know, I'm homeless. What do you expect me to do? So he was pretty open about he was going to sell it on. There was one woman who said that she was in a load of debt because of the bedroom tax. She blamed the bedroom tax that she'd just fallen behind on rent and that she was just, yeah, stealing because she was desperate. It was hard to keep faith, really, in society and humanity sitting in that court all day. It's kind of all kind of people, all ladies, typically the homelessness, they come for the, you know, shoes and, you know, stuff they, which apparently they need or sell. So basically all sorts. Even the people you wouldn't think, they steal uh, CDs, DVDs, which were 50p each. That's happening all the time, same faces. I already recognize them, so when they enter the doors, I already tell them to go. If it's a very known person, I just follow them all the time and they decide to go. Helen, can you tell me a bit more about the figures? I mean, how much have rates of shoplifting actually gone up? They've increased massively in recent years. And there's real discrepancy between the number of reported incidents of shoplifting and what shopkeepers actually say is the reality. So according to the British Retail Consortium, there were 8 million theft incidents last year. And that's more than double since 2016-2017. In contrast, police forces in England and Wales reported just over 300,000 incidents. There's a really big gulf between what's recorded to the police and what the shops themselves are saying. Retailers are reporting a rise in shoplifting and abuse of their staff. Food thefts in the UK have soared in recent weeks, fuelled by runaway inflation. Where is this mostly happening? Is there any particular hotspot? Everywhere, in short. But there do seem to be certain hotspots and they're not necessarily where you might expect. So, for example, Gwent Police in Wales, they've reported the sharpest rise in shoplifting. 961 instances between January and March, up from 552 a year ago. Northumbria, Staffordshire, Hampshire, they've also seen rates rise by more than 50%. I spoke to one of the big supermarkets and they said London is the real problem for them. That's why they said that they're just seeing stuff flying off the shelves and out of the door before they can even restock. What kind of shoplifting are we talking about? Which shops are most vulnerable and what kind of items are being targeted? All shops are vulnerable, but any shop that sells anything that can be easily and quickly sold on, those are the stores that are being particularly hard hit. Supermarkets are experiencing record levels of shoplifting. But then there's also shops like Stone Island that sell jackets. Victoria's Secret, they get a lot of stuff stolen from them. Unless you have a deli or something like that with perishable items, you're probably going to have noticed an uptick in shoplifting. And what kind of things do you hear that people are taking? What's the sort of key item in a supermarket that might be lifted? Meat is the big one. 
Security tags on pieces of meat, just like luxury products. Chocolate in security-protected bags, and magnetic stickers on butter. These staple products are now being treated like luxury goods in some British supermarkets. And it seems to be that it's just something quite simple that they can sell on, maybe at a local pub or local hairdressers. And there's also a thriving black market online, so on Facebook Marketplace and on WhatsApp. That's where things are hooked for sale these days, as well as old school style around pubs. Also, laundry capsules, they get stolen quite a lot. Protein powder, anything that's quite a high value item that is not too heavy to take away. Those seem to be particularly popular. Also, baby milk is a really big one. Is baby milk being stolen to sell on or does it suggest that actually there are parents who are really in need of feeding their babies? There was quite a lot in the news earlier this year about the fact that Co-op, one of the major supermarkets, had taken away baby milk from the normal aisles and they'd put security tags on it or you had to ask for it behind the counter. You can see on the supermarket shelves just how much security is now in place to deter shoplifters. The formula milk manufacturers say they realise how stretched family budgets are but say their production costs have significantly increased. And that was interpreted by quite a few campaign groups as a really depressing sign of the cost of living crisis. Mothers, parents were so desperate to feed their babies that they were stealing the milk. Retailers tell a different story. They say that the reason that they're having to take these measures with baby milk is that it's stolen to order by criminals. And also the powder is very easy to cut with drugs. Many of them are pretty adamant that the rise in shoplifting is not down to ordinary people, but it's drug addicts, it's alcoholics and it's organised criminals. I spoke to one retail expert who said what people do when they get desperate, there are so many things that they'll do before they start stealing They'll go to a food bank, they'll go to the food pantry, they'll get into debt. It's not something that people do lightly, they were insisting. But then if you talk to sort of campaign groups who are campaigning on the cost of living, they are adamant that they are seeing increasing desperation and that so-called good people are resorting to shoplifting. And it makes me feel horrible, stealing. But you've got to do what's right for him because he needs it. Can't give him anything else. I don't think people have the ability to afford goods. That's why we're pretty much seeing the rise, especially from stores that sell garments and places like Boots are also getting hit quite hard. Jamie Barnes, you're a manager at the charity Fresh Start, which works with ex-offenders and helps them rebuild their lives after prison. Can you tell me what you do and the kinds of offenders that you encounter every week? We are a lived experience charity. So myself, I've been in custody. My chief exec's been in custody himself as well. So we've kind of got a delivery model that we believe works and we kind of handhold the clients on their journey. Housing support, employability support, mental health support, a lot of stuff about emotional resilience. Because the transition from coming out of custody and how you deal with your emotions in custody are totally different to how you you got to deal with them when you're out of custody. And I suppose males in general don't really like talking about their feelings, but that's heightened whilst you're in custody because you don't want to be seen as vulnerable. So when you come out of custody, you need to learn to deal with those emotions and express those emotions in a healthy way. 
Otherwise, you're more at risk of reoffending. So we do a lot of work around that as well. My belief is that the majority of offenders, I'd say a high percentage, maybe 90, 95% of offenders have some kind of trauma. So we kind of have that trauma-informed approach. Jamie, you turned your own life around with the help of Fresh Start, as did the people that you work with. Can you tell me the kind of things that you did that got you on the wrong side of the law? Well, that's a bit of a story. So I was placed into the care system at a very young age. I was like 10 years old. And I suppose that feeling of being unloved, unwanted, and it was easier to kind of make friends with the wrong crowd because they were accepting of anybody. And I just followed. I was a sheep, I suppose. Started smoking cannabis at 13, started shoplifting, criminal damage, stuff like that. And then eventually at the age of 17, I was introduced to heroin and crack cocaine. And that kind of just spiralled my offending and that kind of revolving door in and out of custody, addicted to drugs. And it's just carried on going for quite a long time, I think, until I was 32, 33. And then I had a period of clean time for six years. And then something happened within my relationship and it broke down and I relapsed and went back into custody until January 2021. We're speaking today to try and understand this rise in shoplifting, backed up by the anecdotes, backed up by statistics. And if you speak to shopkeepers, they say that the problem seems to be worse than ever. Is that something you've noticed in Norwich and does it tally with what you're seeing? Yes, it is. We have seen an increase in offenders with that kind of offence type. It's quite obvious through media anyway and, and what's going on with the cost of living crisis that that's pushing people that are not normally offenders to go out and commit crime because, you know, they can't live. I suppose they have a choice, don't they? Either they pay the bills or their rent or food. It's been pushed to that kind of situation. I know through my support workers that they've had a few clients over the course of the last two months that have never committed offences before, that are young men that were working, have lost their jobs and are now having to shoplift to feed themselves. I would imagine over the next three to six months, we'll see a lot more. What other factors do you think may be contributing to more people stealing from shops? I think it's gone up due to the cost of living. But a lot of offenders as well who have an addiction issue, for example, shoplifting is kind of that main source of income for them to support that habit. It was for me personally. Shoplifting seems to be an easier offence to commit because there's a lesser punishment in terms of sentencing guidelines and stuff like that. So I feel that people are choosing to commit that offence because there's less likelihood of them going into custody if it's a shoplifting offence. How much of shoplifting, in your experience, is connected to addiction? A high percentage, (laughs) yeah. I'd say that is at least 90% of the kind of client that we get that shoplifts. That's their offending and that's their kind of reasons why. But again, like I said, more recently, I've noticed a trend of people who are first-time offenders who say cost of living is impacting on them and they're committing shoplifting to feed themselves. Has there been a rise in addiction and is that connected to the rise in shoplifting? I do believe that there has been a slight increase in addiction issues. We are seeing a lot of our clients 
and especially a younger generation of people, especially heroin use. And that can stem from buying codeine online or through the dark web and stuff like that, which then could turn into kind of like a heroin addiction. Ketamine as well. Quite a lot of our young clients are using ketamine. If that's your way of coping with a trauma, then that then can lead on to becoming an addiction. Jamie, what do you hear from people when they talk to you about how they feel when they're stealing from shops? I'd say the first time offenders, there's a lot more remorse for them. But the other types of offenders and the ones that have addiction issues, active addiction issues, part of our key workers' work is to talk to them about the impact they're having on the victims because otherwise they don't see it. That's the problem with addiction is it, it takes over your soul, I suppose. It makes you just a very selfish person. What's the main misconception that you'd like to challenge about shoplifting and people who shoplift? It's not a victimless crime. <laughs> you know, there are victims. It trickles down to the general community as well because there's price rises within the products or shops shut down because of it and stuff like that. Some people can get hurt as well. At the end of the day, if you've got an addict that's there shoplifting and they've been caught by a security guard, for example, I've known from other people that have done this that that could turn into violence and that security card could be pushed or punched or somebody else who's just there to do their shopping could get pushed or punched, you know? So there was a lot of victims there. And I suppose that not every shoplifter now is an addict. There is real reasons why people do shoplift. We have CCTV, but it obviously it uh, doesn't stop them from stealing. So we try to prevent, we try to observe the shop floor more. No, nothing much more we can do. Let me tell you one thing. Police is rubbish, absolutely rubbish. They don't do nothing. When a shop lifting does take place, um, if the authorities don't do anything about it, people then come back and do it again. It will be a reoccurring behavior because they have no consequences to face for their actions, which is very unfair. And that's pretty much the second reason why I believe it's risen. Coming up, how seriously is shoplifting taken as a criminal offence? Finding your perfect home was hard. But thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Today in Focus is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. 
It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash todayinfocus. So Helen, what are the deterrents here? What happens when someone's caught shoplifting? First of all, nothing. If you get out of the shop, you're going to get away with it because almost all of the chains, they instruct that their staff do not chase after or apprehend anybody. If you get caught, what will most likely happen if it's your first time is that if they choose to call the police, they might sort of issue a non-legally binding ban so you're not allowed to go into the shop. And it tends to be you've got to get caught on repeated occasions and or assault a member of staff before you're going to end up in court. So of the roughly 300,000 shoplifting incidents that are reported to the police each year, hardly any of them end up with a prosecution. So in the year to June 2022, just over 21,000 people were prosecuted in England and Wales for shoplifting. And that's down from over 80,000 10 years ago. So if staff are being told not to chase after shoplifters and there's actually very little they can do, how are shops trying to stop this? They're using technology. There's increasingly sophisticated CCTV. Thousands of boot stores across the UK are being watched live from the company's control centre near Nottingham. All 2,300 boot stores across the UK are monitored 24 hours a day, seven days a week at this CCTV hub. Staff on the shop floor have sounded an alarm about a potential shop. So while the shop assistants won't chase after people, they will kind of retrospectively look on the CCTV, see if they can identify somebody, see if it's somebody that's known to them. It's a lot of intelligence sharing between the police and networks in local areas. The other thing that shops are resorting to is just not putting much stock out at all. I mean, one of the things that really sticks in my mind from my day in Chalton was going into the branch of Boots in Chalton. And it looked like it was closing down when I walked in. There was absolutely no makeup, not even the cheapest mascara, no nail varnish, nothing. And I said to the shop assistant, like, where's the makeup? Have you sold out? And she said, oh, no, no, we just keep it all in the stock room these days because it all gets nicked as soon as we put it out. You'll have noticed it when you're doing your shopping, particularly in express stores, an increasing number of items have got security tags on them. You know, it used to be if you're buying a bottle of gin, something like that, you know, it would have those big tags on. Now it's stuff like baby milk, it's coffee, steaks even. Those retailers that I spoke to, that they don't fill up their chiller cabinets anymore. They just put out maybe one or two packets of everything because they just can't risk somebody coming in with a big shopping bag, clearing them out and then legging it out of the door. There was one shop in Chalton that just said to me, there's a guy who lives opposite us. He comes in, he steals his breakfast, his dinner and his tea. He steals the whole lot. And he manages to get away with it every time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the, the manager of this shop said the chiller cabinet had been wiped out and then he'd gone for um, 
I don't know, if it was a pint or breakfast at the local pub. And uh, somebody came around with a carrier bag from his own supermarket offering him meat. So people are pretty brazen. And what impact is this having on businesses, both the small ones and those big chains? Well, it's costing a huge amount. So the British Retail Consortium, they estimate there were 8 million theft incidents in British shops last year. And they think that that cost almost a billion pounds, 953 million pounds. You know, even if you are the biggest supermarket in Britain, if you're losing tens of millions, hundreds of millions of pounds potentially via theft, you're going to have to recoup that cost somehow. So that's undoubtedly a contributor to the rising costs for consumers. And there's a real knock-on effect for people who work in shops. So according to USDOR, which is the trade union for shop workers, 31% of shop workers had experienced violence and abuse related to shoplifting, which is pretty depressing. And it's much higher than 2019 before the pandemic, and it's double the 2016 level. And how are staff and security guards expected to handle a shoplifting incident? What's the protocol? None of the shops would tell me this on the record, but the protocol seems to be if you see a shoplifter in action, you catch them red-handed, then you will verbally approach them and ask them what they've got in their bag. But if they get aggressive or if they run out, they're told that they're not supposed to chase and they're certainly not going to try and do some sort of citizen's arrest, nothing like that. And then they are told to record it. So most places at least record it for their own statistics, but they complain that it's really time consuming to report to the police. And most of them have lost faith in anything ever actually coming of it. They feel pretty impotent with the situation as it is. Well, Helen, what are the police doing to tackle this surge in shoplifting? Well, not enough, according to most um, shopkeepers. They would say that they're doing their best and that everything they're trying to do is against the backdrop of... 10 years of cuts in police officers, although we know that recruitment is increasing at the moment. They do have community support officers. There's an increasing number of sort of local dedicated bobbies who've got kind of the old school beats and then they are supposed to keep in touch with all of their shops. But ultimately, if you've got 8 million theft incidents every year, I'm not sure how many police officers there are nationally, but they just don't really stand a chance. And they've got to prioritise crimes, haven't they? And ultimately, there is a perception that the police would probably disagree with that shoplifting is not that important a crime for society and that they would rather be going after bigger time criminals. So shoplifting seems to fall quite low on their priority list. Well, obviously, the police still have a role to play here. But what did you learn about the root causes of shoplifting and what needs to change? On the one hand, it's sort of desperation. And that may or may not be related to the cost of living crisis, but it certainly is related to drug and alcohol addiction. The thing that united all of the shoplifters who had ended up in Manchester Magistrates Court is that they were all drug or alcohol addicts. And when their lawyers were explaining why they had stolen what they'd stolen, there were just stories of desperation, really. There was a guy who'd stolen a few packets of bacon to feed his drug habit More than half of them were no fixed abode. So that tells you that they were homeless or sofa surfing. You couldn't help feel pretty sorry for these people. The other thing that united them all is that none of them were first time offenders. They'd all been caught shoplifting many times before. The guy who stole the bacon, he was already banned from every single Aldi and Iceland nationwide. So it's, yeah, drug and alcohol addiction. And to sort that kind of thing out, that's not really a job for the police, is it? It's a whole societal issue that needs to be dealt with health education and if you think that it is really related to the cost of living well again it's not something that's solved very easily is it 
that's a sort of very high level governmental thing. And ultimately, people are stealing to either feed their habits or perhaps to feed their family or because they are criminals and this is how they make their living. So it's something that needs to be tackled probably at all levels of society. And if the government wants to get serious on this, then they're going to have to put a lot more investment into the police, into drug and alcohol services and into tackling poverty more generally. Ellen, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. That was The Guardian's North of England editor, Helen Pidd. My thanks to her and to Jamie Barnes from Fresh Start. In a statement, Chawton Police said, shoplifting remains a priority across our district. In the past three months, 10 prolific offenders have been arrested. We use a number of tactics to tackle the issue, including visible patrols and plainclothes observation. A spokesperson for the Metropolitan Police said, We focus our effort in precisely targeting offenders that commit these crimes with a view to bringing them to justice and disrupting their criminal behaviour. We are enhancing our community crime fighting capability to tackle theft even more by recruiting more PCSOs, equipping the front line with the resources they need and using technology in identifying offenders. And that's it for today. This episode was produced by Courtney Youssef, Ned Carter-Miles, Klitsia Sala, Lucy Hoff and Sophie Smith. Sound design was by Solomon King. The executive producer was Huma Khalili. We'll be back tomorrow. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Before Shopify, were you wondering where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. Oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.